Okay, we're at our midweek bonus episode already. I'm telling you, this week's going by so fast. This month is going by so fast. Here we are already in April, getting ready for Groundhog Day. Jeez, please. Yeah, we're getting ready also on, um, let's see, Groundhog Day is, at the time I recorded this, uh, Groundhog Day is tomorrow. And then the next day, uh, no, two days after that, we're supposed to get snow. So if that Groundhog says we're getting an early spring, I'm going to go groundhog hunting. I really am, you know? So, I don't know. Well, in any case, though, enjoy your midweek uh, bonus episode. We've got a lot more coming for the weekend, okay? I've got at least eight more stories I couldn't fit into this week, and I'm going to have to push them to next week's episodes. So, I, I, we're, we're just outdoing ourselves in stupidity this, this year so far. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big dummy. It is the midweek bonus episode of Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. And, of course, I am Insane Eric Lane. And uh, I stay insane most of the time, okay? Um, and if you're uh, checking us out for the very first time, welcome. If you are a regular listener, um, welcome again. And if you're a subscriber, well, you get a very special welcome. I, I hope you have subscribed to the podcast, okay? And, uh, you know, if, if this is your first time uh, checking the podcast out, this is actually the bonus podcast. It comes out midweek on Wednesdays that, uh, you know, I give the Insane Week in Review, the Genius Awards for all the stupendous stupidity. But then there's another episode that comes out every Saturday, the regular weekend feed that features Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew, that we have a lot of fun together, sharing about stupid stories from Florida and beyond, of course. And then we play along together, and you can play along with Pancho every week for our insane game show. Yes, it's always, it's, it's a stupid game show, and that's why I do it, you know. By the way, you can also interact with the podcast and get some real-time updates on the Telegram app when you join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. Okay, now I actually will post some of these links to the actual stories that some of these uh, are featured in every week uh, with, uh, you know, all kinds of extras. Uh, you can actually comment about what you've read or heard on the podcast, and there's usually photos and videos from the articles about some of these stupid stories that I've talked about here. And you can actually preview the channel, decide if you want to check it out. You can download the Telegram app as well, simply by going to this website, t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. The app is available for your desktop or mobile. Uh, it'll cover platforms with Windows, Linux, Android, Apple, all of the stuff. So hope you'll check that out. And, of course, you know, you do need to follow me on social media. Just uh, look up at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll interact there as well because there's so much stupidity out there. And one, of course, some of the best examples of stupidity come from our politicians. And, uh, well... We already have a controversy over office holders hiring family members for high-paid city jobs, which erupted literally within days of the new mayor of New York City taking office. Mayor Eric Adams wanted to hire his brother to a $210,000 a year city job to manage his security detail. Yeah. Now, in response, Adams asked for guidance 
from the New York City Conflicts of Interest Board and said he'd follow its determination. Well, the ruling was made public and, well, as you might, uh, might guess, it's not going to happen. At least not in the way Adams had really wanted. See, his brother, Bernard, he can still work for the city, but he's going to get paid a dollar a year. <laughs> okay. Additionally, he will not be the executive director of mayoral security within the NYPD. He will instead be a senior advisor for mayoral security within the office of the mayor. The NYPD will continue to oversee the mayor's security detail, while Bernard will advise the mayor on his security and community engagement issues. Yeah, further, no city personnel will be allowed to report to him. You get where this is going? And Bernard can't have any command authority at the police department either. Yeah, so we put a we kind of put a kibosh on that, okay? Bernard will continue to receive his city pension for the 20 years that he has worked as a police officer before his 2006 retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see how interesting that works? First you get elected mayor, then you put your family in charge of everything. I don't think that's how it works there, Mr. Mayor. And I don't think this is how you um, would... Uh, maybe attract wildlife into your house. This story's been making the rounds around the country uh, with bald eagles, the majestic symbol of our American uh, life. Uh, okay, they, they are majestic. I mean, there's a lot of bald eagles around here. In fact, we have a, uh, a, 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 a geographic um, location, I'll say, called Bald Eagle Mountain. And we see them flying around Bald Eagle Mountain all the time. But even though they are majestic and quite stunning, that doesn't mean they don't get confused from time to time. Uh, police in Lehigh County, Pennsylvania, responded to a family's home when they reported what they thought might have been a burglar breaking into their house. But no, it was a bald eagle that had crashed into the window at the front of their house. Now, the bird completely shattered the glass. Now, what it was, they the bird thought they, they the bird sees a reflection of the sky in the window and just thinks that the bird can fly right through. Well, apparently, surprise, surprise, it was a pane of glass and the bird ended up inside the house. And the police found the eagle on the ground when they got there on their arrival. Now, they called a wildlife expert, but uh, by the time that the wildlife expert arrived, the eagle had basically flown away. Kathy Uller is with the Pocono Wildlife Rehabilitation and Education Center, said that uh, it's not super common to see a, an eagle crash into a window, but bird collisions are common. I know we had a like a pane, a big, large pane window at our house, and we got sparrows running into the window a lot, okay? Uh, so it's really not a not an uncommon thing, but maybe probably a little less common for eagles. But anyway, here's Kathy. She's explaining why this uh, most likely happened and the condition of the eagle. More than likely, he was seeing a reflection of the sky or simply light and felt that he could continue through it. We're losing like a billion birds a year to window collision. It's not a small problem. The bird is, you know, obviously not feeling great tonight. Um, so we'd like to prevent those collisions when we can. Now, she adds, if you install windows that have ultraviolet barriers, it would allow birds to 
see the window and maybe help prevent future collisions. So, yeah, we, we don't want to see bald eagles running into people's houses through the windows. It's not, not a very cool thing. But, yeah, it, uh, it would definitely freak people out, that's for sure. And here's something that is freaking people out. Um, the longtime Disney sweetheart is trading in her iconic polka dot dress for a pantsuit for the very first time. Disneyland Paris has announced Minnie Mouse will be wearing trousers designed by Stella McCartney for the theme park's upcoming 30th anniversary celebration. The party will launch for Women's History Month, which uh, actually inspired the new look. The park's Twitter account shared a sneak peek of Minnie's new outfit. It consists of a dark blue and black polka-dotted pantsuit matching the bow in her hair. I'm not sure if um, Hillary Clinton had any input in designing the pantsuit or not. But it is a whole new Minnie Mouse. I mean, not only is she wearing a pantsuit, I hear she's also sexually active. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole new Minnie Mouse. Um, yeah, wearing a pantsuit and spending a lot of time with Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> we all know. I know Hillary needs a job, okay? But this is really embarrassing, Hillary. Oh, hey, come on. Well, I don't know. Good luck with that, okay? I just... I'm waiting for Minnie Mouse to come out transgender next to see how that goes. I, I don't know. Anyway. Well, what what is the longest that you think you could get away with doing something illegal? Okay? Think about that for a minute. I mean, you know, there's there's ways that we find you. You know, the, the old, you know, what is it? The, the, the old biblical adage, your sin will find you out. Well, came true eventually. Uh, for one man. Now, well, I mean, if you're doing something illegal, I'm not, I'm not talking about something like, you know, sharing your Netflix password or something like that. No. You know, this in this case, this 84-year-old man actually admitted to the police that he had been driving without a license and not just on one trip and not even for just a couple of years. No, this guy has never had a license and he's been driving for... 72 years since he's been 12. And even when he was finally caught, it really wasn't for a wreck or it wasn't for a traffic infraction. It was for a technicality. <laughs> okay? Kind of a technology problem. See, his car, it's a blue Mini, it was flagged by a traffic camera for being unregistered. So the cops pulled him over. Now, this happened in the UK. The local police said that they were um, gentle with the, uh, with, the, with the gentleman, meaning that he, well, probably wasn't hit with any kind of a serious charge or anything. But in addition to not being licensed, insured, or registered ever, there's this other problem. See, the man is old, okay? The police said he was kind of hard of hearing, he had poor reactions and was very unsteady on his feet. So, he, he, you know, he wasn't safe even if he was road legal. Now, it's worth pointing out, it's really unclear how much the guy had actually driven. He did apparently have an unregistered car, but, you know, this would be easier to get away with if he wasn't out and about very often, see? So, but, uh, yep, he eventually was caught. 72 years later, all good things must come to an end, I guess. And all good things 
get a new twist, including weddings. Now, my wife has done lots of weddings. She can probably write a book on all of the bizarre weddings she's ever been in. I don't think she's ever prepared herself for this. But, I don't know, I mean, this might mean that I can start attending formal events in my BVDs. I think I'm okay, though, with it, especially if your wedding is going to be in the metaverse. Now, a metaverse wedding. You think this is going to be a new trend? Anyway, that, that's where everyone, you know, they got an avatar that looks like them, and it's all done virtually. So do you get a virtual license, and you're virtually married? You know, you're only married in the VR world. You're not really married in the reality of life. I don't know. The New York Times did a story on a metaverse wedding in the U.S., and now a couple in India is doing a metaverse wedding, and CNN recently did a really big write-up. Obviously, COVID kind of made it a little harder to get together for weddings and wedding receptions, so that's partly the reason why this is happening. Plus, it's actually a little cheaper, too. See, the couple in India, they're inviting 2,000 people to come to their virtual reception. They're big Harry Potter fans, see. So they had this huge Hogwarts-styled world in, built in the metaverse for them. Now, if you don't know what the metaverse is, it's not the universe, it's the metaverse. It's a universe that really doesn't exist outside of virtual reality. You might even say it only exists in your imagination. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well... Guess how much it's costing them for this Harry Potter style wedding? 2,000 bucks. About a dollar per guest. When's the last time you spent $2,000 to get married? Okay, and here's something even crazier that you can't do with a normal wedding that's in actual reality. Okay, because everybody has got their own avatar, right? Well, you don't have to be alive. To, to have an avatar. Do you realize that? So they will have an avatar of the bride's father at the wedding. But he died last year. But dad's still going to get to make it to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Not sure, though, if the real dad is going to be aware of what's going on, but it makes everybody feel good, I guess. Oh, well. Speaking of making people feel good, there's a new study that's out that's found that 26% of young people became more intimate with themselves during the strict early COVID-19 lockdowns back in the spring of 2020. That's a nice feel-good story. Honestly, though, it is surprising that it was only 26%. Or maybe more surprising that 26% were actually honest enough to say so. I don't know. The, the people in the study were between the ages of 18 and 32. Now, 20% of these folks claimed that they watched porn alone. More often during the pandemic, partly out of boredom, you have to be pretty bored. 9% found themselves using sex toys more often. And women were more likely to report an increase in sexual fantasies. And men were more likely to admit to watching more porn. But... Yes, they, um, they, they, I guess they found something to do with their hands. 
I don't know. Uh, the, the question is, did they just discover this during the lockdown? That's, I don't know. I, just, you know. I know this is pretty stupid. But also, how crazy is it that jail still uses technology this old? I, I don't know. But there's a county jail down in Tupelo, Mississippi. They get a fax. You remember the old fax machines? They get a fax that said one of its inmates was up for release. Now, that's how they normally do it. So receiving the facts wasn't the weird part. But they did notice a few, shall we say, irregularities with the request. So they called the courthouse. And, it, you know, you know, they called the courthouse that this fax supposedly came from to make sure that the whole thing was legit. Well, the people at the courthouse had no idea what they were talking about because, well, they didn't send it. So the cops did a little digging around and realized who did send the facts. They figured out uh, that the number the facts came from had been spoofed. You know what that's like. You know, they spoof a number. It's kind of when you get those uh, robocalls or these uh, solicitations that look like it's coming from a local number, but it's really coming from, you know, Abu Dhabi somewhere, you know. So, yeah, they got sp the, the facts was spoofed. So it looked like it came from the courthouse, but it actually came from the girlfriend of the inmate. Now, she's 28-year-old Stephanie House, and she was arrested after confessing to sending the fake facts to get her boyfriend out of jail. <laughs> now she's facing fraud charges, so maybe she'll get to join him. I don't know. Oh, by the way, they also found drug paraphernalia. You know that they're going to find that all the time, right? That's always a kind of a given. So they, they, they tacked on a little charge for that, too. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Well, look, maybe you will get to see your boyfriend more often. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. You may remember this also early in the pandemic. People were stockpiling just ridiculous amounts of ridiculous stuff. Okay. Just in case, you know, they had a stoppage or they stopped making it. You know, things like toilet paper. People really stocked up on that. Well, there's a woman named Trish Priest had a similar experience, except, well, her her item was actually being discontinued. See, Trish is one of those real die-hard fans of Tab. You remember Tab, the diet soda that was killed off by Coca-Cola halfway through the pandemic? Back in October of 2020, they decided they're going to stop making Tab. Well, she managed to hoard, like, a ton of tab before it disappeared off the shelves. But now she's got a problem because her stockpile is starting to run low. Now she usually drinks like three tabs a day, but she's down to just uh, 23 12 packs. So now she's getting a little panicky. She's rationing her supply. She's been hounding the Coca-Cola company to bring back tab with a scrappy band of tab superfans that call themselves the Save Tab Soda Committee. But so far, don't think it's going to happen. There's not much of an indication. Okay, they, they probably need a little more manpower. Now, last year, an online petition was launched to show Coca-Cola how many consumers care about the brand. And in five months' time, they have managed to garner 1,800 signatures. I think that tells you something about Tab, doesn't it? I know that my dad used to stock it in his refrigerator for his employees at his accounting office. And I tried. 
Believe me, I tried as best as I could to like that mess. And just every time I took a swig, my whole body literally had a reaction like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I just, my, all my nerves constrict when I think of drinking that stuff. I think maybe Coca-Cola might have made a pretty good decision. So, yeah, I know there's a few of you out there that are probably going through withdrawals. That's okay. There's a few folks also that are probably getting the same nerve-constricting feeling at their new city logo. Some residents in this northern Alabama city think that the new logo is kind of sending the wrong message. I, I love it whenever these consultants come in and they try to tell people a new trendy thing to try to make their city or make their product relevant, and it just completely blows up in their face. It's in Florence, Alabama. They have a new logo that uses the first three letters of the town's name, a capital F, followed by a lowercase l and an O. Now, they have arranged these letters in such a way where you've got the F and then the L and the O are arranged vertically to make it look like an exclamation point, to kind of form like an F exclamation point. So when the city unveils this new logo, it immediately drew back a big backlash and an even an online petition demanding that changes that had nearly, it had, they said, you got to change this logo. 7,500 signatures on this thing. That's a little more than the Tab Cola got. The city paid $25,000 to a marketing firm in Birmingham, Alabama for the branding. And that's what they come up with. An F exclamation point. Now, the new logo symbolizes the people of Florence's passion and love for the city. That's what the city said in a news release announcing the new logo. A sense of amazement, delight, and pride is all reflected in the Florence logo exclamation point. It sounds like their press release was written by the same moron that designed the logo. City leaders are pushing back on claims that they didn't consider hiring a local firm to do the work. They said a request for proposals was issued, but no local companies responded. Residents were engaged early in the process through a community survey sent to hundreds of people. That's according to what the city officials said. Now, the local TV station, WAAY-TV, reported that they were unable to find a copy of that survey, and the city did not respond to its request to see one. In a letter to the residents, the mayor of Florence, Alabama, Andy Betterton, said the new branding, quote, will serve public needs and audiences as our community grows and moves forward. What kind of need is a F exclamation point logo going to serve? That's what I want to know. I didn't even know they had a need for something like that. I guess it's a definite improvement, though. I don't know. I mean, the old logo for Florence, Alabama, I think it featured a barefoot guy with no teeth. So it might be an improvement. You, you know, it's the, the amazing part about this whole story is this. Birmingham, Alabama has a marketing firm? Huh? Who, who'd have thought? <laughs> well, anyway, I don't know if you've been to, <clears throat> well, I'm sure you have. Everybody, every, if you've ever been to Disney anything, Disney World, Disneyland, and you've got children, you've inevitably been trapped 
on a boat going through It's a Small World, right? And then you come away and you've got that stupid song on loop playing in your mind for the next week and a half. I mean, this is the ultimate kiddie ride, right? Okay, well, have you ever been on It's a Small World After Dark? Okay, well, apparently this uh, family-friendly wonderland at the Orlando, Florida park apparently turns into a spectacle straight out of your night terrors. <laughs> okay, uh, a House of Mouse enthusiast detailed the ride's Tim Burton-esque transformation in a TikTok video. It's gotten so far over... 3.7 million views. The caption to this macabre clip, which was posted by a Disney superfan account called the Mouselets, says this is actually so creepy to think about. Now, per the shocking explainer, when Disneyland shutters for the night, It's a Small World turns out the lights and the signature song, but they don't turn off the animatronics. So this means each night when the guests leave, the festive figurines continue waving and gyrating wildly throughout the night, kind of like a scene out of Goosebumps' Night of the Living Dummies. <laughs> well, TikTok users were more than a little creeped out by the idea of hundreds of dolls silently dancing in the dark. Yeah. Until now, I always thought the most nightmarish thing about Disney World was the prices. Yeah. Hundreds of dolls silently dancing in the dark. Oh, yeah, believe me, I'd take that any day over here. It's a small world after all. It's a small world day after day after day. That might, that, trust me, I think if they left the music play and left the lights out, that would be even creepier. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with uh, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. you get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout 
at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And in this week's Insane Week in Review, President Biden called Fox News White House correspondent Peter Duzzi a stupid son of a bitch after he asked Biden about soaring inflation, which is also what people who voted for Joe are calling themselves these days. Even Donald Trump wouldn't say this to a reporter's face. Yeah, he'd have the common courtesy to just tweet it. It's amazing to think we've gone from speak softly and carry a big stick to cuss loudly and carry a big teleprompter. A Colorado police officer has been kicked off the force after her colleagues discovered her secret OnlyFans account, or as the chief called it, an unauthorized body cam. We recently saw a wild day on Wall Street where stocks ended the day higher with a stunning turnaround just before the closing bell. Stocks begin the day with a dramatic sell-off. Now, I don't know about any of you, but I'm feeling thankful for all the Congress people who bought into the dip on their insider trading info. <laughs> yeah, this phenomenon is now being called the Pelosi Plunge. Greece is now imposing fines on people age 60 and older who are unvaccinated, even as COVID-19 cases there have been declining. The 60 and older part is interesting because usually people of Greece just enjoy going after younger men. So far, though, people 60 and older who refuse to get vaccinated will be fined 50 euros, equivalent to about $56.60. It's not necessarily a ton of money, but there's no doubt that these fines are raising a lot of unibrows. London police say British Prime Minister Boris Johnson held a series of house parties while he ordered others in the country to stay locked in their homes. He's uh, now apologized for that to the House of Commons, but as we would call it here in America, that's pulling in Nancy Pelosi. A California health food brand has recalled 15,000 cases of its vegan mac and cheese because they might contain traces of milk. And now, for the second time this year, vegans who ate it are having a cow. A new report claims Tom Brady is retiring from football and will start spending more time with his wife. Of course, that way, instead of just last week, he can feel deflated every other day of his life. Vice President Kamala Harris is set to lead a delegation to Honduras to attend the inauguration of the socialist president-elect who has controversial anti-Semitic ties. Harris said it's no big deal because she's essentially just supporting a self-hating Bernie Sanders. Kamala added 
She also is looking forward to finally spending some time at the border and then had to be reminded that she's actually traveling to Central America. Justice Stephen Breyer stepping down from the Supreme Court at the end of the current term, and Joe Biden is devastated by the retirement news. Breyer's was his favorite ice cream. California Democrat Nancy Pelosi has announced she is running for re-election again. Actually, she doesn't even want to serve another term. This is just her way of making sure she doesn't have to go back and live in California. And in a new survey, 58% of voters agree that the media are the enemy of the people. And even more agree that Chipotle is the enema of the people. And according to a new poll, three in five Americans would try a plant-based diet if the options were tastier. Yeah, turns out they call them impossible burgers because it's impossible to get anyone to buy it. And when people do buy it, it's absolutely impossible to get them to shut up about being a vegan. According to a video being shared widely on social media, Donald Trump confidently declared himself the 45th and 47th U.S. president while playing a round of golf. Trump really has some balls, but no word on if he was playing with a titleist or tailor-made, though. President Biden said that Trump's statement is, is completely impossible, mainly because Joe thinks he's the 74th sitting president. Researchers at Northwestern University have created a device that monitors how many hours you wear a mask and then shares that data with other people to compare your stats, or as the liberals call it, friendship. A 30-year-old tourist from the Czech Republic has reportedly been kicked out of Venice after being caught posing topless on a war memorial. There's no dogs allowed, especially uh, sweater puppies. The unnamed woman stripped down and left her belongings on top of the monument dedicated to Italy's war heroes as she went for a swim in the lagoon. But uh, she was just trying to be safe by providing herself with two big flotation devices. A mega fan of Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings trilogy has recently uploaded a version of The Fellowship of the Ring, which uh, the fan plays the entire score as one long guitar solo, making him the only man on earth who can absolutely shred on guitar, but will still never have a girlfriend. And the man who played the voice of Charlie Brown in the Peanuts cartoons has died. His friends and family say they are choosing to celebrate his life rather than mourning his death. In other words, they're stricken with good grief. A high school basketball player is becoming famous for throwing down dunks, blocking shots, and draining shots, even though he only has one arm. The player says he was inspired to play basketball by LeBron James because, well, he became a top NBA player, even though he only has half a brain. Officials in Los Angeles have cleared a homeless encampment near SoFi Stadium where the Super Bowl will take place. And now the only bums who live near SoFi Stadium are members of the Los Angeles Chargers. An Arctic hill, uh, chill hit South Florida, and the women in Miami were taking it so seriously that they actually switched from bikinis to tube tops. And Amazon is lobbying the federal government for legal marijuana. Sounds like they'd like to be America's prime drug dealer. The only bad news is 
weed once weed is legalized amazon will be changing their delivery time to from two-day shipping to whenever dude and a new study finds that sudden heart problems can kill young adults during sex that's when you come and go at the same time and a shoplifter was caught tussling with security to push a 70-inch tv out of a seattle target that he was banned from but he was still freed without bail by a notoriously lenient judge. These shoplifters are getting more brazen by the day. First it was hitting CVS and stealing Speedstick. Now it's hitting Target and stealing Samsung. John Ray Lomack was seen on surveillance footage stalking uh, out the Target where he was actually banned from going after stealing from it at least tw the 22nd time in the past three months. This guy is so good at stealing, police believe that he has a future in Congress. Although, you'll have to step it up a bit, you know, because, well, they get away with it. Rescue workers in the UK let a lost dog out of a dangerous swamp with a sausage on a string dangling from a drone. Which is also how my college roommate was led into his last three relationships. And two Buffalo Bills fans have been arrested for using fake COVID-19 vaccination cards to attend the Bills playoff game. Actually, here is District Attorney John J. Flynn explaining how Michael and Amber Nabb were caught using their fake vaccination cards. Someone saw it on social media and called the Buffalo Bills or called the health department and uh, made an anonymous tip that these two individuals were allegedly posting that they had been gotten the Bills games prior. The rules are there, and you know what? We live in a world where you gotta follow rules. The judge has sentenced them to 10 more years of being Buffalo Bills fans. And according to his office, Senator Mitt Romney is tested positive for COVID-19, which is incredible because most people didn't know rhinos could catch it. His office has added that the 74-year-old lawmaker, who has been fully vaccinated and boosted, does not have symptoms. And after a full medical evaluation, uh, doctors have also concluded that he also doesn't have a spine. After President Biden commended General Motors and Ford for increased U.S.-based production of electric vehicles and did not mention Tesla, Elon Musk then tweeted, Biden is a damp sock puppet in human form. Biden and the people behind the scenes puppeteering him were furious. Biden's team vehemently denies the president resembles a damp sock. Now, if Elon had said soiled drawers, that might have been a different story. And a new poll shows that Americans are increasingly frustrated with the state of the pandemic and losing faith in authorities, including Chief White House Medical Advisor Anthony Fauci. But most people are just shocked to hear that anyone had any faith in the first place. Of course, everybody's lost faith in Fauci. I mean, after all, he's lied in office so many times, even Bill Clinton is impressed. Oakland University in Michigan said they erroneously notified students that they would receive top tuition awards just days after another school in the state mistakenly told prospective students they had won full-ride scholarships. Kind of hard to believe, but these schools screwed their students even harder than the professors. 
Now, the university said in a statement that due to human error, its uh, undergraduate application system sent email notifications to some admitted students that they were entitled to receive the school's Platinum Presidential Scholar Award. The students say it's unfortunate, but it could be worse. Yeah, I mean, rather than attending Oakland University in Michigan, they could be living in Oakland, California. Rumors continue to swirl about Tom Brady's retirement after 22 years with the NFL. Of course, there's no doubt now that this would leave the Buccaneers fans feeling deflated, but that's what Tom does. You know, the Associated Press reports that Brady informed the Buccaneers general manager, Jason Licht, in a phone call that uh, he has not had not made a decision on his future at the time. But much like Tom's passes to his receivers against the L.A. Rams, the call was dropped. Yeah, yeah. he's also on his way out for retirement anyway. And a report claims JetBlue passengers were stuck at JFK Airport for so long, some of them urinated in their seats. The airport says they're now taking steps to sterilize the area, so those seats now have uh, been moved to the Spirit Airlines Luxury Lounge. And now that the matchup is finally set, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles is officially preparing for the first Super Bowl they have ever hosted. And word is that in a nod to the Los Angeles heritage, the Super Bowl MVP will receive a U-Haul instead of the traditional sports car. A new report claims that a cold wave in Florida is killing the iguanas. But still, the leading cause of iguana deaths in Florida is accidentally eating people's bath salts. And finally, Joe Rogan recently posted a video on Instagram where he appeared to apologize to Spotify for taking so much heat after Neil Young and Joni Mitchell removed their music from the platform. But what he really needed to do was explain to Neil Young and Joni Mitchell fans what Spotify is. Spotify says it'll now warn users if they're about to hear misinformation. Of course, I'd rather just get a warning that I'm about to hear Miley Cyrus. In addition to checking out Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World on Anchor Podcast, which is our main platform, or on your favorite podcast player, you can now also subscribe and listen on your phone by going to my uh, Facebook page, at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on your Facebook app on your phone. There on my uh, Facebook profile, you can look for the podcast tab there and subscribe and listen right from Facebook. Now, it's not available quite yet for the Facebook desktop version, so you won't see the podcast tab on the desktop version of Facebook, but if you are easier to subscribe right from my Facebook page on your Facebook mobile app on your phone, you'll find it right there. So hit that subscribe button, and also you'll find me on Substack, also at E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E dot Substack dot com. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Award. And we've got this week's Genius Awards. First, going to a Florida man. 
who was hospitalized following a parachute jump from the top of a Fort Lauderdale hotel. Police and fire rescue teams reported to the scene at the Hayek-centric hotel. Witnesses captured the man's jump from atop the building as he landed much quicker than expected at the Hozinga Park across the street. First responders reported the incident on a dispatch call to Broward Health Medical Center. I'm going to have to level one. Tra- I'm, I'm going to have a level one trauma, all male, to Broward Health. It's going to be a fall injury. 39-year-old male said the first responder. The man was later transported to the hospital by paramedics, where the status of his injuries remain unclear at the time. According to Seven News, there the TV station during the jump, the hotel was being used by a film crew. There is uh, no indication whether the man was part of the film. The Hyatt-centric hotel declined to comment on the incident. Now, Hyatt really isn't used to such reckless and dangerous behavior by its guests. I mean, who are they? I mean, what, Motel 6? I don't know. Somebody jumping from the top of a hotel with a parachute is crazy. If you take Florida out of the headline, that is. And then there is this, a Charleston, West Virginia man has been charged after officers found more than two pounds of marijuana following a multi-county pursuit. Officers with the Bridgeport Police Department initiated a traffic stop on a vehicle for defective equipment at the rest area near mile marker 122 at the I-79 Bridgeport area. The vehicle, driven by 25-year-old Killon Nix of Charleston, West Virginia, slowed down in the rest area parking lot, then began to gain speed and fled reaching speeds of up to 110 miles per hour, according to officers. During the pursuit, Nix was waving or weaving in and out of traffic in wet road conditions, and the vehicle fishtailed multiple times as he fled. Nix also began throwing bags of green leafy substances out the vehicle, and when he came to a stop, he was arrested. Upon a search of the vehicle and locating the discarded bags on the side of the road, officers found 2.38 pounds of marijuana and $2,915 in cash, according to the criminal complaint. Now, Nix has now been charged with possession with intent to deliver a controlled substance and fleeing with reckless indifference, and he's being held in North Central Regional Jail. The speed of this car, though, was, what, reached pretty incredibly high speeds, right? But if you think that was high, you should have seen the driver. Dang, two pounds of marijuana thrown onto the road. There was so much weed on the pavement, you'd have thought you were in Snoop Dogg's driveway. Or how about this? The trial of a limestone county man who allegedly kept a squirrel supplied with methamphetamines to make it attack people has now been delayed. It's a trial of a 39-year-old Mickey Joe Polk was continued into the following month. Now, Polk faces charges of possession of a wild animal, stolen property, possession of a weapon by a felon. He was arrested back in June of 2019. Uh, Polk will also face other charges later. He was arrested last year on charges of chemical endangerment of a child in trafficking methamphetamine, as well as some drug and weapons charges. According to the documents, Polk was indicted of chemical endangerment and trafficking. A manhunt uh, began for Polk when a drug bust in Athens turned up meth, ammunition, and body armor. Uh, Also found was a caged squirrel. Before authorities acted on a search warrant, they were told that Polk fed meth to the animal to keep it aggressive. The sheriff's office there in Georgia said that it was uh, released the squirrel into a wooded area. 
there was no safe way to test the squirrel for meth, according to the sheriff Mike Blakely's office, it said in a statement shortly after the bust. The squirrel garnered national fame when the story came to light. Polk released a video the day after the bust with a squirrel that he claimed was the same one that was released by the sheriff's deputies. <laughs> yeah, a squirrel on meth. What do you know? If I didn't think any better, I'd say he was from Florida. You know? Seriously, though, a squirrel on meth. Can you believe that? That story is just nuts. <laughs> what about this? A 26-year-old South Florida cook says he lived a nightmare recently when police mistook him for a fugitive with the same name, similar looks, and almost the same birthday. Leonardo Silva Oliveira was wanted for probation violation on charges out of Boca Raton, but authorities instead arrested 26-year-old Leonardo Silva Oliveira outside the Broward County restaurant where he is a cook. Oliveira, the cook, spent five days in the Broward County jail. He says authorities should have known he was not the fugitive because he was 10 days younger and he doesn't have tattoos. The police report that Oliveira, the fugitive, sports a building tattoo on the left arm and a clock on the right arm. He remained jailed until authorities finally realized the mistake. The Coconut Creek Police Department's arrest report said the cook was identified through Florida's driver and vehicle information database, even though his birth date was different from the fugitive's. Additionally, Sheriff Spokesperson Kerry Codd said when it was determined that the fingerprints did not match, Oliveira was immediately released from jail. I would hate to share the same name as a low-life criminal who belongs in jail. That's why I'm really happy that my name is not Alec Baldwin. I mean, I hope the guy didn't bring his apron with him, you know, because the last message you want to be sending while you're in jail is, uh, kiss the cook. <laughs> you got to check this one out. A Hampton, Virginia man was arrested for allegedly breaking into a pet grooming salon and stealing six husky puppies and cash. He's 50-year-old Rodney Jackson. He's facing charges of breaking and entering grand larceny, grand larceny with an intent to sell, and animal larceny. Of the half-dozen pups, three of the huskies have been recovered and returned to their mother. The Jackson, who police say is a homeless guy, allegedly broke into the building. Bandy Murdoch, who owns the dogs and critter cleaners, wrote on Facebook, she is desperately searching for the other puppies. They're only two weeks old. They literally opened their eyes two days ago, she writes. They need to nurse. Murdoch told the Daily Press that they leave the puppies at the grooming salon because people are there like 14 hours a day allowing the puppies to be socialized. I can't believe this creep though steals puppies. I'm, I'm glad that he's about to be locked up in a kennel. <laughs> Luckily though, he won't be in possession of the pups, but where he's going, you'll still see plenty of um, doggy style. And you'll never believe this, a Kentucky police arrested a perv allegedly behind a burglary spree where he broke into multiple homes and made off with nothing except women's underwear and brassieres. He's 36-year-old John Hawkins III, who's facing seven second-degree burglary charges for several break-ins in the Shady Acres Mobile Home Park in Frankfort, Kentucky. Now, police recently received a break in the case after a lengthy investigation and arrested Hawkins at his Harrodsburg home. During the arrest and search warrant execution at Hawkins' home, the detectives recovered about a hundred pair of women's underwear and bras believed to have been stolen from residents in Franklin County, according to the Post. 
Now the sheriff is asking other potential victims of the alleged undergarment thief to contact the department with reports. Yes, <laughs> this man's secret has finally been exposed. Yeah. A victorious secret, that is. Yeah. Yeah, he had an absolutely massive collection of women's underwear. Even former President Bill Clinton was impressed. I got one more. Police are actively investigating a brawl at a very popular Ben Salem, Pennsylvania buffet restaurant after the fight was captured on video and has since gone viral on social media. The Ben Salem Director of Public Safety, William McVeigh, confirmed the department is actively investigating what happened at 4.30 p.m. at the Golden Corral Buffet and Grill restaurant. Now, McVeigh did not have an exact count of how many people were involved, but officers believe it was probably more than 40. The fight, I should say maybe the food fight, left the dining room heavily damaged and sent people fleeing for safety. Police were not aware of any serious injuries, thankfully, and no arrests have been made as of yet, but the business reportedly reopened a few days later, too. Now, at this point, police believe an argument between customers is what started the melee. The video that was posted on Facebook shows a large crowd of customers shouting and screaming before patrons start running for cover as others start throwing chairs and high chairs and tables. Some customers are even seen attacking people using chairs and tables. After about two minutes or so, most of the people fighting then appear to leave the restaurant out of a nearby door. I guess this really isn't surprising considering it all went down at Golden Corral. Of course, on a dirtbag scale from one to Waffle House, Golden Corral is a good solid 7.5. <laughs> you know, I mean, these people truly proved me wrong. I, they really did. I, I only thought the only way you could get hurt at a Golden Corral was by eating the food. <laughs> Well, well, if you like the podcast, can you rate and review it? I mean, look, I try to pick the best five-star stupidity here, okay? So can you give it a five-star rating? And maybe feel free to write a really stupid review of the podcast. I might even read the review on an upcoming episode. And, of course, it does help the podcast to show up prominently in searches, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, okay? And don't forget to please share the podcast on your social media news feeds. And don't forget to mash that little subscribe button so you can get the stupid fix every time we have new episodes that are delivered to your podcast player. And by the way, if you are looking for a good podcast player app, let me recommend Podcast Addict. That's available at your app store. They're free and they got paid versions and it's amazingly customizable. I love it. You can also subscribe and listen on your phone with your Facebook app when you visit my Facebook page. Just search out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, then look for the podcast tab on my Facebook page and subscribe there. Okay, now the podcast feature is not yet available on the Facebook desktop version. And you'll also find the podcast on Substack at E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E dot Substack dot com. Don't forget, besides this midweek bonus episode, there is the second episode every Saturday that's dropped every weekend featuring Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew, with all the stupid stories from Florida and beyond. And we can all play along with Pancho in our weekly round of the Insane Game Show. And don't forget, interact with the podcast and get the real-time updates on the Telegram app. It's a great messenger app. And while you're on that app, you can join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. 
I post links to some of the stupid stories I've just read in the episode, and there you can leave comments about what you've read or heard on the podcast and check out the photos and the videos from the articles that are posted and even talk I've, I'm, some of these I've talked about in, uh, here on the podcast. And, you know, you can get a preview of the channel. You can get a link to download the Telegram app simply by going to this website at t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. The app is available for desktop or mobile, with platforms using Windows, Linux, Android, Apple, the whole gamut. And don't forget, follow me on Facebook and Twitter with at Lane and visit my website at InsaneEricLane.com. And I got a final thought before we finish this episode off. Just remember this. Nothing will show you how gross your kids are like vacuuming out your car. If you think I have written all the stuff that goes into this podcast, you're giving me way too much credit. No, I have to give credit to a talented bank of writers that I rely on for most of this stupidity. I haven't got enough hours of the day to go scoping out all the stupidity that's out there, so I have to give props to Mr. Laugh's Comedy and Ad Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, the Universal Comedy Network, and Pulse of Radio at the United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.